0: Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui.
1: Well, because it's, you know, with, with sleep, it becomes sort of an interesting question of like... You can be like, I, I like getting up really early. Like, I mean, I like getting up at like four because there's a ton of stuff I can get done by like eight o'clock. I'm like, man, I've gotten a lot accomplished. Uh, however, if that gets thrown off even a little bit, dude, it's rough stuff because mm-hmm. the problem, the thing is is we always wake up earlier than our alarm. So our alarm was set for like five. And I think I would say like once out of every two weeks, we'd actually, the alarm would actually wake us up. It's like, We'd both wake up about four thirty. So then And Chantel, you're going to bed at what time? Ideally nine-ish. Sometimes eight thirty. So it's good. Okay. I mean it's it's enough. Okay. But um but then Chantel started doing this class at six in the morning, like this workout class. So she's like, We need to set the alarm for four thirty, which means now it's like we're waking up at like four, three forty-five, mm-hmm. something like that. So you're losing,
2: you're losing a little losing bit, losing a little bit and
1: still going to bed around the same time. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's starting to creep into the danger zone of like, this is just not enough sleep. Yeah. You start to fill it like yeah. m- middle of the day. Well, and it's like, I, you know, I've been a little bit sick for like a couple weeks and it's like, like I'll have a couple of days. Where I'm like, Oh dude, I'm hundred percent. And then we'll have another one of these days of sleep. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And so when I texted you on, on uh, Friday, I was like, dude, I feel good. I'm ready to go. And then I woke up on Saturday. I'm like, I feel sick again. And like, and then, um, we've got, well, se- yesterday was also our anniversary. So I was like, I don't want to be sick uh-huh. on our anniversary. Um, and then, anniversary. thank you. Thank you. Um, and then we've got people coming in town for Thanksgiving in that's like,
2: that's crazy dude. Cause our, so your anniversary is in here's, November. Here's, yeah. Mine's yeah, in November
1: as well. That's yeah, right. I know. I remember, uh, I think it was either last year or the year before. I was you like, remind oh
2: me of when my anniversary. That's, was. I that's exactly what I didn't want to <laughs> say it, but that's it. <laughs>
1: you just <laughs> reminded
2: me now. I have to make reservations <laughs> for something. <Thompson>. Exactly. <laughs> we went to uh, Jeffries again, which is. Uh, it's an excellent place. I really like that place. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Yeah, it's it's um it's worth the. Money. I I like that. Um, and I think this year we're doing the because uh, we've done it before. Um, I, I like Jeffries, mm-hmm. or I like the Four Seasons. Have you done dinner at the Four Seasons? No. It's good. Very good. It's very, very okay. good. Yeah. Okay. We'll try not this. the same. Um, not this, not, not a hundred percent, a hundred percent, the same atmosphere as Jeffrey's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, Jeffrey's is special, but it the is. food at, at four seasons is very, very good. So I, I think you can't go wrong with either one. Jeffrey's one is great was, though. Another You, another know, one is you pretty just good. feel like you're, you're yeah. on another level there.
1: Yeah. They treat you. They treat you right there. They do. Um, another one that's pretty good is wink. Have you ever been to wink? No, I, I think I've heard of it though. I, I didn't the, know what, what, uh, I've no, I haven't been there. Yeah. It's close to, close to downtown. It's on Lamar and like maybe 10th or something like that. Okay. And it's just kind of tucked away in this little, um, right next to a, like a hiking store or some of like that, but it's, it's another good spot. We, it's we like go an
2: upscale to. dinner
1: spot. Yeah, it's not super upscale. It's a little bit more like upscale casual, I guess you'd say, okay. um, but good food, good service. Um, so yeah, we did all that. And then we've got people coming into town for Thanksgiving. We got like a whole, oh, wow. like with the number of people that Chantel's invited, I'm like, dude, we have like 12 people that are going to be, I mean, it's going to be like a lot of people sort of coming and going. Um, but we know a lot of people that are like single or their families live far away. So it's always like, we're the, we're the place where the lonely people come. Um and so we got people coming from california i'm like dude i don't want to be sick for that like it's my her friend's mom who's in her 70s and i'm like i just don't like so all that stuff starts going through my head so then i'm texting you on saturday morning and being like i can't make it because it's just i'm just too par- I, I didn't feel that bad but i'm just like i'm doing all the math i'm like oh god if i get sick did so no, and- you know that makes sense it's like when you're taking um
2: it's like, uh, you know, the, the young men of the world wouldn't relate to this because I know when I was younger, I didn't think about any of this crap. But um, now, I, I, you know, definitely at my age, I start to think about like if we have a uh, a trip planned, a yeah. vacation, yeah. I, I start like tapering down my training, yes. training a lot lighter, being yeah. super selective of who I yeah. train with because I don't want to risk injury. Yeah. I don't want to risk getting sick and anything messing up this very special time with my family and that's what thanksgiving really is going to amount to right you got friends and family that are coming in and you want to make it a memorable one right so you're trying to prevent um, as much as you can that's in your control to uh not be the one that
1: that ruins the whole thing Uh, dude it's it's so funny you say that because it's totally true like you know in terms of um i will do that i'll like be like ah I kind of want to train but i got this trip coming up i know there's going to be a lot of walking and i don't want to you know i don't want to get hurt or whatever but man when i was younger i remember i had just had knee surgery like a month and a half before and not only and i was going to a wedding up in dallas and i literally trained jumped in my car and drove up to the wedding like six weeks after surgery or whatever like did not care like i was like at, at that point i'm like dude i'm not missing training for a wedding like so it's, you know, there was, there were days where it's like, literally I had a trip to go to or whatever. I would just literally go from jujitsu to the trip, but those days are gone. <laughs> I don't do that <laughs> yeah. anymore. It's, it's, yeah. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be, I don't want to ruin the whole thing. So yeah, I've even thought, I'm like, man, maybe I'm just not going to train until after Thanksgiving. We'll see how that goes. I don't know if that's going to happen. That might be a little too extreme, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm certainly on the right track. I'm certainly yeah. on the right track of not training, so. Yeah. Or
2: yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're still, you're still going to be doing some stuff at the house, knocking yeah. out your push-ups, your Oh air yeah. Squats, I... Yeah. No, I got my whole, my whole home gym. So I, I still yeah, your yoga you're knocking out the yoga. You can still do all that. And then let's get ready to uh, ramp up the training. Um, after Thanksgiving,
1: I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it's a good idea,
2: but um, and then we'll make excuses for Christmas. Yeah, And we'll make excuses for New Year's. I know. But then you know, hey, but you know what we were talking Next about year. the other day though is uh, uh, quality over quantity, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, that's yep. really
2: what it uh, amounts to. I think. I, I think
1: so. Yeah,
0: and, and I,
2: it's, I, it's funny. It's that that is it's. They say that youth is wasted on the young. Yes, and one of the things that people with I won't say old people, I'll say people with wisdom often say is that it's much more about quality than quantity. And it's something that you don't really learn later on in life because when you're a young human being, it's very much about quantity. Yes. Like how much it's about excess, you know, how much can I eat? How much can I sleep? How much can I train? You know, um, and I think the older you get, I think you see that that's just not sustainable and yeah. you have to, and and really, everything is just about quality over quantity.
1: It It is, and it's it's funny, I've, I've said this to you before, but I had a buddy over at, um, I trained with him at two different spots, but mainly over at Eddie Bravo's, a little bit at John Jock Machado's as well. And he was a black belt under both, actually got his black belt in whatever you wanna say, 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu from Eddie, and then his black belt from uh, John Jock. And he was, um, when I met him, he was in graduate school. And he's like, yeah, for the last, he's like, I've been training for like 10 years, but I train once a week at John jocks and I train once a week here, but dude, he was super good. And I mean, he, it was just one of those things that he just didn't have a lot of time. So when he had a time he would train and you know, there is. And you know what I think is it forces you to be more strategic in your
2: training, right? Because you think about really when you're, when you're training quantity, it's just like, well, I don't really got to think about what I'm training because I'm probably going to cover it all at some point yeah. because I'm just yeah. training so much. Yeah. But when you only have one or two days of training, yeah. you really got to hone in and focus on like, okay, I got to make the most out of this training. Yep. This is what I'm going to focus on doing today. I'm going to you know, I'm going to work on submitting from the mount yeah. or I'm going to work from uh, escaping from after being mounted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's very very precise yep. training.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's cuz I mean that's When you think about it, really, the goal of training should always be, like you said, to achieve some specific goals and then sort of look back and say, okay, what did I achieve? Okay, did I achieve the goals I wanted to? Okay, if I did good, Um, do I need to keep doing that or do I need to up the ante a little bit? Like if I'm escaping a position consistently, do I want to make it so that now, like, you know, instead of escaping them out with my arms in position, maybe now my arms are out of position, I've got to get them into position first and then escape. Or, you know, if I'm submitting somebody with something like, okay, can I do it on the other side or can I do it with my eyes closed or or whatever it might be like figuring out or if it's if it's not working, it's like, okay, maybe I'm trying to do something too much or too big. I'm trying to get people in something where I'm not good at the position and I'm not good at the submission. Okay, I need to get good at the position first or just worse the submission or whatever it might be and literally be able to catalog what you learned that day. Because, man, I mean, for the first probably two-thirds of my jiu-jitsu life, I couldn't tell you later that day what I learned that day. And then it's like, well, okay, you got a little bit of cardio in. You got a little bit of toughness in maybe. Um, but you really couldn't categorize what you learned. That's and, so – you, know, you know, 100%.
2: I, and I did, and basically uh, have my brown belt now, and it's it, it, it hasn't been until now um, – where I've been able to drive home, and I know what we what we've done, and the only reason why I've know i I know what we have done for the day is simply because I've seen it before, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's not, nothing like a, not a lot of curriculum is very new to me, especially if we're going over basics. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is what we did today, and it's only because i've I've done it so many times. But from white to purple, everything was just a haze. Like I yeah. could not remember what we worked on. I would have to try to, youtube it and remember like exactly what were the steps yeah. uh and i think that's why a lot of people quit
1: i, I, I do too i was listening actually the um an interesting instructor out of uh, maryland i can't remember the guy's name right now but he had a a very interesting way of teaching and basically he he said that they don't really teach any techniques per se like everything is sort of a game and so what he means by that is like if you want to teach somebody an arm lock, you're gonna start where you already have the arm, you already have your leg, the guys on the the other guys on the back, you've already got their leg, your legs in position, and you show them, okay, your objective is to break this guy's grip so you can extend the arm and and sort of show him, you know, the last five percent of the move. And Or it's like your your objective is just simply to hold this position. He's going to try and get his elbow to the ground or spin around and get his arm out, and your objective is to kind of keep him in that position. And then they do that for a little bit, and then maybe they up the ante of showing, like, the setup for the lock or whatever and, and like, sort of teaching different control points. And he's like, we never go through the actual step-by-step of the technique because he's like, that changes every time you do it. Um, we work on you know realistic resistance so that both like, he's like literally somebody day 1 can be working with full resistance and relatively safe because that's such have,
2: an interesting concept.
1: Yeah. yeah. So he's it's real, basically showing people where they want to end up and then letting them decide how they're going to get there. Yeah, it's begin it's begin with the end in mind. And it's funny because I was listening to Wade Chalice, who who is a wrestler um, back in the I want to say the late 60s early 70s he's he's an older guy at this point. And very successful wrestler in college. I think he still actually holds the record for pins in college wrestling now, 40-plus years later, maybe even 50 years after he uh, quit college. And he always said, he's like, the problem with most wrestling is they start off at the beginning. So you start off, you learn your stance, you learn your setups, you learn your takedown, you learn your finish of your takedown. Then maybe you start trying to turn the guy over. Then maybe you work a pin. And he's like, so the thing that gets worse the most is the stance and the thing that gets worked the least is the pin. But the pin is what wins the match. Like you pin somebody, that's it, match is over. So he's like, so what I did is we always started with the pin. We started on all the ways to put pressure and how to do this and that, and really work the intricacies of it. And then we would back up and we go, OK, here's how you turn the guy over we practice the turnover into the pin again and it's like you you work backwards like that mm-hmm. remembering what the main objective is and so what these guys are doing in jiu-jitsu it's the same idea the main objective is to submit somebody so we start with the the finishing of the submission and then we work our way backwards and i'm like this is it's a smart way to learn how to train because you're always thinking about what's my final objective cuz then i think you do get more creative in how you get there because it's like once you know when you're there in those finishing positions you have so many more repetitions of finishing against full resistance that you're probably going to get that finish so now how you get there becomes the creative way and that's sort of all of you know mixed martial arts you see this all the time and I watch the fights some of the fights from last night it's like Justin Poirier finishes Michael Chandler with a rear naked choke it's like okay well most people So does that to do
2: contradict
1: the idea of um, you know, because
2: you know, you'll hear some people say, well, just focus on the process. Yeah. Does that contradict
1: that idea? I think it it questions what the process is. I think I think it's like you could say, yes, focus on the process, but this is the process. The thing that when you look at jujitsu, like I think there's a lot of criticism about the teaching methodology. And I think some of that is warranted. I think some of it is also just people selling their own methodology. They're like, oh, this methodology is terrible mine's the good one just like any contractor you ever hire the first thing they're going (laughs) to do is point out all the work that was done incorrectly by the last guy yes but they're going to do all the good work this time um so you know i think there's some flaws with that but i do think that you know we talked about this maybe last time or the time before how in other sports you're able to take somebody from beginner to elite level in like six years you know or, or you know let's say somebody starts wrestling in seventh grade they might be wrestling for a state championship by the time they're in 10th or 11th grade. And it's like, okay, that's only four or five years. Plus, it's really only just four or five seasons, not even four or five years. Versus jiu-jitsu, if they did that, they'd be a total phenom. Like, it would be completely unheard of. So why is it that it takes so much longer for somebody to get good at jiu-jitsu than other sports? And it's like, there's probably a lot of reasons, but I think one of the reasons is maybe that um, in jiu-jitsu, they try and show you everything Versus in other sports, it's like they just show you like a very simple system and then you can get creative from there But it's like usually a very simple system. And if you look at different Would boxing that, styles Do
2: you think that that's the way because one of the arguments has always been and one of the things that I always thought was really cool So I'm playing devil's advocate right now mm-hmm. was that when they were like taekwondo you get your black belt in three years, right. but jiu going to take you about 10. And I was like, yeah. you know what? That makes it legit. But now I'm wondering is Taekwondo giving out black belts because of what you're saying? Like they're showing you like this is the the basic structure and then from there you can get
1: creative? Well, I mean, that's a good question because I I don't I, I mean, the criticism with with other, you know, traditional martial arts is that they're geared towards understanding that, you know, you follow the money. And following the money is People are gonna stick with something if they feel like they're making progress. And the way you have people feel like they're making progress is by giving out belts. And so therefore, <clears throat> sooner or later they realize, well, we better give out belts relatively easy, especially to kids, because that's how we make our money. And most Taekwondo schools, karate schools, the vast majority of the money they make is through kids. There's that old joke where they're like, <laughs> they show a picture of a a man and they're like adult man without a child walks into a karate school. And it's like, this is like shocking (laughs) news. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely something to be said for the fact that most of it is kid driven. Um, I I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to say because I mean, I think that there's weird contradictory arguments in jujitsu right now, where there's one hand where people are saying like the art is getting watered down and then on the other hand, it's like you look at the competitors and it's like, dude, they've never been better, like never even like they're way better, way faster now too. like a lot of these competitors. They're like, oh, yeah, no, I've been training a long time. I started in 2015 or whatever. You're like, holy crap. I mean, like Gordon Ryan started like 10 years ago. It's like so is, is it way better or is it more watered down or maybe it's both. I guess it could be both at the same time. Maybe it's more watered down for the average practitioner and and it's more accelerated for the competitor. Um, But I think a lot of the watered down thing, it's just old guys with sour grapes because it's like not the way it was because it's like this idea of like, well, it's not fair. Like everyone has a cheat code now because they've learned from all of our mistakes. And it's like, dude, that's just progress and civilization. You would not want people to have to keep making the same mistakes. Otherwise, nothing would ever progress in life. Yeah, it's like the people that
2: you're mocking right now, well, 10 years from now, those people that you mocked are going to be mocking the new generation about like, bro, they got it so much easier. Yeah. I remember when I started jiu-jitsu, yeah. we never got away with that crap. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just that you take it into the workplace. You see that yeah. all the time. You know, yeah. you got the old guy on his way out and he's like, these youngsters, they got it so easy. I know. And the youngsters are complaining about the old guys, like why doesn't? Why is it so hard for him to learn the new software? Come on, Bill, you gotta go, you're holding everybody back.
1: Yep.
2: Then Bill leaves and the new guy becomes the old guy and he's worried about the new guys coming in,
1: you yep. know? Yeah, it's it's funny how all that continues and it's weird at different phases in life when you see that because when you're young you see the old people complaining about stuff and I was always a pretty gullible kid so I always just assumed, okay, they're right, like it probably was way tougher back in their day. But now it's like I'm at the age where I see a lot of people romanticizing the time that, you know, we grew up like the 80s and the 90s. And, oh, it was so different and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it was different, but it wasn't that much better if it was better at all. It's kind of lame. Like there was a lot of stupid stuff that happened back then that no one seems to want to talk about. Um, And it's just weird to me that all that gets swept under the rug. And the only thing that remains is, you know, the, the part of the memory that they want they want to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always this idea that life was harder, rougher, more gnarly, whatever it might be than it is now. And I always think about that. And, and the first thing I say is like, okay, so you're saying that our generation is terrible parents. I agree. I think a lot of them are terrible. Like, because it's always like the first thing they do is they talk about the kids being soft. I'm like, whose fault is that? Is that the kids' fault? They're like, oh, it's a participation you know, participation trophy generation. I'm like, who's giving out the trophies? It's not the kids. Not them. They're not giving out to each other. It's you stupid, crappy parents from our supposedly great generation. So if our generation was so great, why did it produce such bad parents? That's what I would say. It's a good say. argument. So, you know, it's just it's it's a good a, argument. I don't know, because it's just – I think it's – I think there's like a type of um, – reminiscing, that's really dangerous, because I think it takes you out of all the possibilities of right now. And I think that, you know, I I continue to believe that we live in the best time ever. And because we have access to amazing technology, we, the whole world is at our fingertips. Um, There's so many things that can be done. There's so many lessons that can be learned from stuff. And it's very easy to get tripped up on the downside of that. But everything That came before us had that downside too it's like oh we could play until you know whatever it's like okay but all the parents i know if their kid's not checking in with them every five minutes on the cell phone loses their mind it's like would you want that no you wouldn't um you know you can go down the line on things like people talk about whatever time being better like this time it was way more violent it was way more this it was way more that like there's there's sort of a, a give and take with everything and my mind well, is over-
2: everybody wants to get a medal for growing up in the hardest time.
1: Yeah, yeah. because
2: they think it says something about them. It right? does. That's really it does. what it's about. Yeah, it's not yeah. even about the time. It's about them. Look at me. Look at what I had to go through. Yeah. and what I was able to accomplish because I have a, I I have so much
1: mental fortitude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's funny because you know I've been, um, dude, I'm about sixteen thousand words into my whatever this is going to be, my my jujitsu story book, whatever it's going to be. Um, And it's been really interesting because I've been, like, just kind of remembering things I had forgotten a long time ago. And, and, um, you know, I was thinking about, like, the early days that I was training. And it's funny to hear people talk about – like, I started at Hickson's, right? Hickson had a book that came out about a year ago, and we talked about it on this podcast. And it's interesting to read what was in Hickson's book hear people that trained in those places you hear somebody like henry akins or different guys talk about stuff and then i think about my experience now granted henry was there a lot i was not there a lot hickson was it was his school so whatever so they have their point of view but as a as a student my point of view was vastly different than the stories i hear about because you hear about like oh back in the day jujitsu was all for self-defense i'm like dude we literally never ever ever talked about that ever in fact i remember at one point i was training with somebody and they lightly they didn't even slap my face just went like a little touch and i'm like oh yeah somebody could hit me right here like i literally never thought about it and then i would show people jiu-jitsu and the first thing they do is try start trying to hit me i'm like oh my god the guy could hit me from here i never thought about it and yet i hear over and over again oh jitsu when it started it was all about fighting i'm like okay but not when I was there. Do you think that that was
2: a fallacy that came from they were teaching something different from what they did? Because there's also the reality that they did a lot of, like, gym storming and, and these, like, like he was legit out there. He he yeah. was legit. I mean, you can also make the argument that Hickson was legitimately going out there and whatever you want to say, picking fights, doing whatever, yeah. or taking on challengers um, to demonstrate his jujitsu over there but that's not was ne- that wasn't necessarily what was being taught in the school
1: yeah i mean th- what was being taught in the school was was f- fine it was like good like basic jujitsu or whatever you want to say but this idea that it was like always geared towards fighting dude it wasn't and it's funny because i've talked to i still keep in touch with some of the guys i knew from back then people make that argument now still though they do they do and it's I- i'm telling you it's bullshit especially as it progresses and they're like yeah Modern jujitsu. Yeah, because they they just don't. The thing is, is they don't. They know they can't beat the new guys. So then their fallback argument is like, oh, but in a real fight. And I'm I always say like, dude, the, the new guys will beat you in a real fight too, because the new guys have way better wrestling. They have way better scrambling, um, and they have way better submissions. So it's like unless you are a Division One wrestler with good striking, so there's no way these guys can take you down. You're gonna lose. And I and and that was the other thing too. We never worked on takedowns. We never worked on. It just again, I wasn't there that much. You know, I for me but. personally, I think that is the biggest part of a fight, and I think
2: that's probably the only thing that. Again, I don't think that jujitsu is comprehensive self-defense. I, I don't, don't. because um, any jujitsu. I don't care how good the jujitsu yeah. is. It's just not because the real. Because I'll tell you, the hardest thing in a fight and it only it's only the hardest thing because it's the one thing that never gets worked on everybody wants to work on their offense and we've talked about it before and i almost teach um when we're when we're talking about boxing i always teach defense first because that is not instinctual whereas Mm -hmm. i can take my son i can tell him to ball up his fist or just i don't even have to tell him to do anything i just say hey punch this and he'll do it, it may not be the most um masterfully thrown punch but he knows how to strike, right? Yeah. Like everybody kind of yeah. instinctually knows how to hit something, bang yeah. on something, whatever. Yeah. Um. But if I tell my same, you know, that same child, like, hey, block my punch. Yeah. They're they're gonna have no idea what to do. But forget about defending the strike. One of the things that is probably the 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 biggest factor is, and I remember I had someone early on when I started boxing, and it was they were watching me hit the mitts, they were watching me hit the bag. And this was before I was I had actually had my first fight. And they were like, "Yeah, but what are you going to do when you get hit?" And I never thought about that. And I didn't even know what they really meant by that. And it wasn't until having, you know, really hard sparring sessions and some 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 difficult fights later on where I understood like, "Okay, the will to win, right? Like your ability to be comfortable getting hit." yeah and that's the thing that jujitsu doesn't take into account no. right no. because the whole game i you know again i don't care what your jujitsu is if you get if you get struck in the face and you've never been punched in the face and yeah. it and it rings your bell
1: yeah
2: um well you're tasting like you know you know like when you used to when you were younger you used to put the the battery on your tongue yeah you kind of have that taste when you, that get, when you get yeah. really rocked yeah, yeah. um it, it can be, I remember the first time it happened to me, I was a little bit scared. I was like, man, what's going on with my body? My body's yeah. acting weird. It's doing, like I lost control of my body almost, yeah. right? And if you're not, now I'm at a point like where that happens and it's just like, it's just another day, yeah. you know? Um, Cause I've had it happen so many times and it just becomes the new normal. Yeah. But if you've never been through that, yeah. um, I think that I, 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 you, you, one or two things are going to happen. Um, you're either going to, you're either going to, you know, if you have it in you and you're born with it, you're just going to get more aggressive, which is probably, you know, the best thing that can happen. Yeah. Um. But I think a lot of people are going to shut down.
1: Yeah, they, they. and it's, you know, it's the thing that's funny is that we have The best self-defense system now is mixed martial arts. I mean by far like it's it's proven over thousands and thousands and thousands of fights over 30 years. Even with the combat jujitsu
2: stuff, they should just implement that into a lot of curriculum. Should yeah. And it's just like, okay, we're not gonna do we're we're and it can just be something as as little as it doesn't even have to be combat jiu-jitsu where you're palm striking someone. It can just be like, look. When you're in this position, yeah. try to lightly tap your partner yeah. in the face. Yeah. And it just makes them recognize like, oh, yeah, I can get hit from right here. Yes. And I need to I need to put myself in a position where I got my partner locked up. Like it's mm-hmm. very, very difficult for him to hit me without compromising his own well-being.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why I still really appreciate what Henry and Huron do at the Gracie Academy, because the first thing they teach is distance control given the idea that the other person's trying to hit you. And they work on that from the ground. They work on that from standing. And it's in a smart, comprehensive 36-lesson plan that all every lesson builds on each other, and there's a lot of commonality. And they make people go through the whole curriculum twice before they're even allowed to take the regular class. And people are always like, well, these guys don't compete, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, or, or they would get beat up by, by an MMA fighter. It's like, okay, like... Wow, this is like. I can guarantee
2: you, there's some bad men walking this earth that have never competed in their life. And and I can guarantee you, and that goes in any sport. Yeah. Like, I can guarantee there's people that are like these phenomenal basketball players that they never played basketball. Or they could have been like these phenomenal NFL players and they just never, you know, for whatever what reason, they didn't do it, right? This idea that if you don't compete, you're not a dangerous person. Yeah. Yeah, you're fooling yourself
1: to me, it's also just a crappy analogy because it's like, you know, you're taking an average person and giving them tools that makes them safer from a potential street fight and saying that they would lose to a professional fighter. And it's like, okay, that's like saying, why teach a kid to drive? Because Mario Andretti is going to smoke him. (laughs) Okay. Well, they're not doing the same thing. It's like, like this idea of like, because I hear, like, I'm just going to throw everybody on the bus in this episode. We'll just <laughs> I'll get death friends. Somebody like Andrew Wilsey, who I, I like him. I think he seems like a nice guy. He's very smart, and he definitely has a lot of good technical knowledge. But he'll talk about these Gracie schools. He's like, oh, I just, those guys suck, and I beat all those guys, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, but, dude, you fought MMA. You're a professional athlete. You're one of the best grapplers on the planet. Yes, you're going to beat up a bunch of guys like that, but the question is, are they better prepared for you know a a situation where there's strikes and stuff like that than they would be given the fact that they are hobbyists at a normal jiu-jitsu school because then people are always like oh but at daisy fresh we do okay again you guys are young dudes who live at the gym that are training in a professional environment and you're gearing towards grappling. But yes, you will be fine in a fight because a lot of you guys wrestled. You're young, you're super tough. You're training super hard for tournaments and stuff like that. That is not the same thing as a middle-aged hobbyist type thing. You have to compare apples to apples and they never do. Or when they do, they just kind of crap all over what Henner and on are doing. And I'm like, I think you're missing the point. And I think it's one of those things where I hate to say it, but it's like, you will see the point in about 20 years from now. Because but I'm again, talking. I think the proof is in the pudding, though, right? Like,
2: um, I think people can talk bad about them. But it, the reality is, I mean, they're one of the biggest, like, jujitsu, if not, yeah. I don't know. Does anybody have more students than them? Probably not. Probably see, not. see, that's what I'm saying. So, there's like, a reason I, why. I, I, I believe it's the minority. Yeah, that's being loud about this. Yeah, because I, think I think the so. majority of people are 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 students and supportive of of what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and and it's, so it's just I don't know, man. It's it's weird because people, first of all, I feel like we should all be on the same team. We're all on sort of team jujitsu. We're industry. not. We're and, never gonna
2: be, and, and, and I don't want to like,
1: be. But <laughs> it's like they, they don't want to do that because they're like, well, this is like you know these guys are doing this, but this is, and it's yeah, it, it is just it is weird because like we have something that's been lab tested with mma and stuff like that so it's like yes if you want to be prepared for a fight like even a street fight to me it's like mma is by far the best thing you can do because i would say any decent mma fighter is going to be just fine and they seem to get in a lot of street fights too and they they, you don't really hear about them losing ever it's pretty much they always win or you'll hear about some case in brazil where they get shot it's like okay they lost that fight because they didn't bring a gun to a gunfight but But for the most part you know your average mma fighter is going to be just fine in a street fight because they're way 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 more used to actual fighting than the vast majority of people Um, but i would say that again going back to the average person you know somebody who's already middle-aged somebody who's got a wife kids family business all this stuff to prepare for getting hard you know hard shots to the head and stuff like that that may not be optimal it would be optimal for them to be fully prepared for something. But in terms of them, like a more doable version, I would say the, the understanding of when you can get hit is, I would argue more important than being able to take a good shot. I mean, being able to take a good shot, that, that matters. But like you said, that's something that kind of like,
2: well, again, proof in the pudding. so let's so yeah. if you're looking at this from a, um, a business standpoint, yeah. And again, also from the standpoint of like, okay, would you rather them train and know something than know nothing, which one's yeah. better? Obviously knowing something is better. Yeah. Um, but for the, like, just look at the two different business models and yeah. I've been in both. Yeah. Um, go into any boxing gym, they don't make money. People nope. don't last. Nope. Um, and and uh, you got some people there that will never, ever, ever dare to step into the ring to do a sparring session. And yeah. once they do one sparring session, uh, they're done. They're gonna yeah. quit. They're not gonna show yeah. up. You're gonna be like, hey, whatever happened to little Johnny? Yeah. Uh, you know, he well, he's he's playing a different sport now, um, and and I think it would be that. But if you go to jujitsu, classes are huge. New yep. students are joining every day. Yep. Um, and so that just kind of tells you all you need to know. I mean, people yep. they at the end of the day they want to be better prepared to handle themselves. Yeah. But without having to take the hard shots, and I, 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 ag- I agree. I think I agree with your argument that
1: it's better that they do something than to do nothing, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think your argument, and and I agree with your argument too, is that, but don't don't kid yourself. You're you're more prepared, but you're probably not that prepared. Oh no, because, and that goes that goes strictly to the
2: to the dude yeah. that yeah. is like has never been in a sparring session, but he just yeah. like runs yeah. his mouth about how yeah. good of, you know, and he's never been a wrestler or anything like that. He's just taking yeah. jujitsu and he has a blue belt or a purple belt, or even a, I don't care what belt. Yeah. And it's like, you've never been punched in your mouth before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and you've never Which, been in a situation like, like really where you're dealing with someone that may be a hundred pounds bigger than you. That's going to punch yeah. you in your mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: and and, and, you know, no, and I'm not saying you wrong. can't
2: beat that person, but I'm saying that like, then it's not about it, a lot. There's an element to fighting. And that's just, and this is where I, I, I 100% agree with your MMA um, example yeah. is that there's a, there's a, um, a, a percentage of fighting um, where. Winning is not about who's more skilled. It's about who has the greater will to win and greater will to win often is that Rocky mentality. Yeah, I how much punishment can I take and you will never ever ever break me But I'm gonna impose my punishment upon you and we're gonna see who breaks first and oftentimes when you're dealing with the most elite Level fighters, this is what it comes down to it's it's imposing your will right And imposing your will goes back and forth, back and forth. Like, I'm taking punishment, I'm dishing out punishment. And who's going to break first, right? And this is a thing that most people, not most people, but like, I just, I hate it when you get guys in there and they've never, they've never put themselves through that, but they're automatically feel like they're invincible. Like, I came from a different perspective where I was doing nothing but getting punched in the face. And then I, I came to the realization of like, okay, but if I got taken to the ground, like, I'm done for, right? Yeah. I, I put myself in that situation. I saw it. I was like, there's nothing I can do. Like my striking is useless here. And so I needed yeah. to, I needed to remedy that. Um yeah. and I'm thankful that it happened for me that way. But then again, I mean I look at you, right? Like you, you started the other way around. Yeah. You know, where you went from grappling and then you kind of had the same uh epiphany in terms of like, look, I need to, I need to I need to be comfortable. Taking punches. I need to be
1: punched in the face. <laughs>
2: I need to be punched and, in the face. And, and everybody who met is like, because, "Yeah, you do." Yeah. How? Yeah. And 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 many you had many of friends oblige you. We, we had a lot of people, people <laughs> lined
1: up. It was weird. I was like, I need to Let get punched up. in the face. I'm like all these people will suddenly show up. I'm like, wow. All right. Carter has so many friends. All of a sudden, everyone. But no, it's it's tr- and it's funny because you know it's like um, since we're just throwing everybody into the bus into this episode. um, Klager, who we we used to train with or whatever, a good guy like Andrew. Um, But I remember him telling me, he's like, because he was a guy who was just a, he was an engineer. He was a a very sort of cerebral guy who was very good at jujitsu, good black belt at jujitsu. And he would tell me, he's like, he's like, man, my 10 year old son starts throwing punches at me and I I just, I freeze up and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I mean, I can help you get over that. I mean, you know, whatever. And like, he just didn't want to do it. Like he just didn't, it was like one of those things he's like, and he said, he's like, well, I'm not going to spend much time at it. And I don't want to do something that I'm not going to be good at. And I'm like, okay, it's a perfectly honest answer. And I respect that. Um, and, and it's, it's one of those things I think with, uh, with striking, it's like, you do have to figure out how far do you want to take it? Because, you know, to me, it's like, I feel somewhat competent, but I'm not like, I don't want to necessarily take it to the level that I feel I potentially could because that would involve taking a lot more damage. And I'm yeah. like, I just don't want to. Like, I'm the same way
2: with like jujitsu, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I want to know enough to be competent, Yeah. right? Yeah. I want to be, in other words, I, I'll put it this way. I don't even, the goal for me is not to be like uh, even good. It's just to be better than I was before, Yeah. right? And doing something is always going to be better than doing nothing like I I, I, I I can say all that i'm saying about being punched in the face and 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 all that type of thing but if let's say um i had a buddy and he was like mo i can't defend myself at all i would say that you know that and he goes but i'm going to try out jujitsu i would say he's way way hundred percent better off Yes. Than doing nothing, right? Like if he told me, Mo, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna box. I just don't want to get punched in the face. Yeah. But I will t- I, I, I am comfortable enough taking jujitsu lessons. Yeah. Hundred I I mean a hundred percent. I would feel like he's way better off than if he would just continue to sit on the couch yeah. and fool himself, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's the thing that always mystifies me. And I and I guess because everybody I know is is a jiu-jitsu guy or a fighter or whatever, so it's like I don't really know a lot of quote-unquote, normal people. But, like, again, since we are throwing everybody under the bus on this episode, which maybe maybe, maybe this episode <laughs> will never come out, but but I will say my uh, my brother-in-law, actually more than one of my brother-in-laws, um, but I'll, I'll say specifically the one married my sister. Guys from the Boston area, and for whatever reason, much love to Boston area people, but good Lord, what a bunch of shit-talking, like, dum-dums a lot of those guys are. And this guy just, you know someone's driving like whatever you guys just shout something at them or do this or do that and one day i saw a sight that i will never be able to forget in my life probably about i don't know 16 years ago something like that i was i was at their house in atlanta and he had a heavy bag and he's like oh let me show you what i do on this and he proceeded to do something on that heavy bag i don't know what it was it certainly wasn't hitting the heavy bag in any way that would be effective in any sort of violent situation, but it was something and it made me extremely uncomfortable. For him. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now this guy's in good shape. He's good at running. Like he does a lot of running so he could conceivably run away from most th- attackers and eventually they would tire out and stop. So I hope that's his strategy, but it's like, he just starts shit with people. And I know like multiple guys that do that and I'm like I know you can't fight. Like I have you know sparred with you or done jiu-jitsu like done something and I know you're not good at this. And, and I have why it, are you starting things like yes, and, and, I'll the, and I'll tell you where that and I'll tell
2: you where where I think it comes from. Um so you're making me go against my my uh, my 2020 resolution where I know nothing but I believe I know where this comes from and this there was a time where being tough is all you had to be to win a fight like whoever was the toughest guy and the bigger stronger guy was going to be enough to win a fight but the moment that you started having like boxing being like uh, being delivered to people and then especially jujitsu which is like a freaking superpower yeah um being delivered to people the trained versus like the the trained eye versus the untrained eye or the the knowing versus the not knowing it's like c- come on, because you know you'll see that right with like um, like hardcore like you know you watch the movies and you see like the the guys that went to World War II and North Korea. It was like those type of guys that like man I'm tough, I've seen combat yeah. and I I can become an animal if I need to become an animal. That's great. Yeah. That's great because back then that sort of aggressiveness is probably all you needed to to yeah. win. Like who was going to be more aggressive, yeah. right? Yeah. nowadays there's just too much skill involved if you get I don't care how aggressive you are if you're dealing with someone who's skilled then it's it's a no-brainer who you know the probability of who's gonna walk out
1: winning that 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 altercation yeah yeah it's it's i i, I guess it's like it's hard for me to have a real frame of reference because I mean I know in in your old job and just talking to Kevin it's always like he's like man when you put hands on most people that are not used to somebody putting hands on them He's like, it feels like a, just a bag of potato chips. He's like, people feel so light because they don't have that, that grappling strength. And it's like, dude, I haven't trained, like, like I've not trained with like a normal person in so long that my perception, my perception of like how people are is that, dude, I don't want to fight anybody. Cause I'm just like, always like, man, I, I just, I always figure that to me, if somebody's picking a fight and my mind, I'm always like, well, they must be good at fighting. Now, I know that's not true because, again, I go back to my own experience with people I knew. Like I was okay. I'll give you a story. And again, since I'm throwing everybody in the bus, his name was Paul Johnson. He is now deceased. He's been (laughs) dead for about six years. So I can I can say this story. And God bless his soul. Great guy. Uh, We were good friends for a long time and roommates and all that. Um, About 20 years ago, I was working at a nightclub. We've talked about that whole time of my life. And one night I got done working and I was with um this guy paul who i was roommates with i think yeah i think we were roommates at the time but we, we ended up being roommates a couple different times we might have been roommates i don't remember um and i was with two other guys i work with now the guys i worked with um were rough around the edges guys like one guy grew up on the south side of chicago and dropped out of school when he was 15. the other guy um i met the other guy's dad and his dad was one of the one percenter guys that you see in uh prisons all over the world this guy clearly had just got like his this guy's dad clearly had been in prison before just i'll put it that way just from the look hey you can't judge a book by a cover but you kind of can that's why they have covers um and then this guy himself his name was ian um ian had just gotten out of prison recently so i knew these two guys but i also knew paul And paul was you know decently tough guy and played football and all that but i had done jujitsu with him before i'm like do you you can't really fight like you shouldn't be fighting. I shouldn't be fighting. You should. We should not be fighting. And so um, we were sitting in this place. And there was this, this diner on um, it's called Mel's Drive Drive Through Drive in something like that. It was like this retro 50s diner thing you know, um, on Sunset Boulevard. And it's like Saturday night. Like and probably like three in the morning at this point because we get off work, maybe even four. And there's like a 24-hour diner, and and you get off work. The the bar closes at two, and you got to clean up and inventory and blah blah blah. So you you don't get out of there till about three. So this is probably like 3:30 on a Saturday night, and we're there. We're sitting there at the booth, us four, and these guys come in and like you know, it's just sunsets Hollywood on a Saturday night. It's a disaster. There's just. There's homeless, crazy people. There's, everyone's drunk. There's this, that. There's, you know, the great moments in hookup history that Dave Chappelle, like some guy trying to like do whatever. It's it's just a nightmare. So there's these guys and like, there's one guy that's like all drunk and they're like dragging him in and he kind of falls onto Paul and Paul like pushes him off. And that should have been the end of the encounter. Maybe But the guys are like, you didn't have to push our friend. At which point Paul should have been like, my bad. All right, cool. That's what I wish he had said. Instead, he goes, fuck you, you dumb, drunk motherfucker. <laughs> to which point, the other guy says, what did you say? And he said, what did I stutter, bitch? I said, fuck you, you dumb, <laughs> drunk motherfucker. Now, people be people who, who are not, because uh, yeah, I was in, you know, we were all in our 20s at this point. So for people who are not men in their 20s, quote unquote men, uh, yeah, those are, like you said, those are those are an invitation to a to a, a violent situation. And so these guys, like they, they get to their table and now like there's a little bit of cross jaw jacking across diner, which is to me really embarrassing or whatever. At which point my buddies, South Side of Chicago prison guy, they get excited because they're like, oh man, this is gonna be great. So Bobby, the South Side of Chicago guy, he's like, We'll take uh, four teas, but just leave the tea bags. He's like, "All right, we got hot water." So when they come over, we're gonna splash in his face. He's like, "I'm gonna grab the fork. I'm gonna stab this." Like they start going into a whole like strategy of like stabbing guys in the eye and doing this and that. And I'm like, "This is not happening. I'm not. No, <laughs> I'm not doing this now." For this is like, I too dust. will be in prison soon. And then, <laughs> like these guys, jawjacking. They have a group of guys in a big SUV who pull up. So now there's like ten of them. Like they, like their buddies come out and now they're going back. They're like, why don't you come outside? I'm like, this is like, I just want to eat my damn food and go home. Like I like I literally just, I just food, home, I'm working. Like I probably got to work at seven. It's now probably four in the morning. I'm like, I don't want this. And so it, it like, it, and it's weird because I get weirdly like almost calm and mellow in these situations. I'm not entirely sure why. It's just like, it's my default, cause I'm just like, I'm trying to deescalate. I just, I don't want this to happen. Cause all I can think about is that we're all gonna go to prison. Somebody's gonna die. I, I just always <laughs> go to worst case scenario. And I'm like, cause he's got these maniacs. They're like, I'm gonna stab somebody in the eye. I'm like, I'm not gonna, so. Um, so then it turns into like, like, why don't you go? And so then Paul like starts going outside. I'm like, oh Jesus God. So I, I'm like, okay, I gotta go outside. And so we all go outside. and. And at some point it was like getting to that point, but then Paul and this other guy start making fun of each other for being fat and somehow, because they both were kind of chubby, and, and and it somehow de-escalated the situation because it became an argument over who was fatter and the consensus was it was probably a draw. Um, and somehow these guys like just, like, you know, it was one of those situations where people talk to a point and then they both realize they don't really want to fight. It got to that point. And so then nothing happened. But the thing that I see, especially when you look at the YouTubes or whatever, is sometimes there is, like, the guy who doesn't know how to fight, so doesn't really want to fight, but wants to make it look at out like he's, you know, hold me back, bro. <laughs> Meets somebody who's like, oh, no, we can fight. That's what, Because if they had picked a fight with this guy, Bobby, I knew, or with Ian, there would have been a fight. Like, just, those guys fought a lot. Like, I heard a lot of stories about Bobby's fights from other people and stuff like that. It just – It would have been a fight and it would have been bad because it would have been greatly outnumbered. It would have been all these things and stuff that to me just I'm telling you, I'm making my stomach cringe right now just thinking about it because I'm just not that kind of guy. Um, But it was crazy to me that like this guy was letting this thing escalate to this point. Knowing how vastly unprepared he was. You know, yeah. I think that's I think that's always
2: something. I, I wonder what that is. I wonder if they actually believe that they're gonna win. But here's what I honestly believe. I believe that they don't ever really believe that it will get to the point of fighting. I, I, I believe right. that they yeah. think someone's gonna jump in, yeah, the cops are gonna come, yeah. someone's gonna break it up, and yeah. it can be that situation, like hold me back, bro, yeah. and then we all get home yeah. and he's gonna tell his story about man.
1: Done this. I yeah. yeah, I think you're right because it's like I always hear people say like, oh, what's he going to do? And I'm like, why would like, because to me, in my mind, I'm like, he's going to shoot you. He's going to do this. He's going to follow you home. He's gonna like, I always go to all the worst case scenario. And it's, it's just funny because, you know, we, you're the George I, Costanza of the group. Dude, it's, it's true. <laughs> cause I, I just, I don't know why. What's like, he going to do? Uh, how about murder us? Yeah. yeah I mean, it, cause it's, I guess I always think about it that way. And that's always, it's way it's kept me safe because I mean, you know, we, we had that um you know i told you about that incident that happened well, it's been a couple months at this point with that guy in the motorcycle where it's like i guess this guy just thought like you know so whatever for the two, few remaining people that are still listening uh, that are not uh looking my address up right now to to uh to give revenge because i've thrown him under the bus i'll throw another person under the bus i don't even know this guy's name but um <laughs> You know, so I was driving uh, right down the street from me, right by the store that I always go to. And this guy in a motorcycle just pulls out right in front of me and takes a left. And I watch him not look. And I lay on the horn and I was in a rental car because my car was in the shop. And he just like stops his motorcycle. What? What? And I I don't I didn't do any. I didn't like flick him off. I didn't do whatever, but I didn't do like an apology. I'm just like, you pulled out right in front of me and I laid on the horn. That's what a person does. And I, I start going and I, I look in the rear view and he's turned around and now he's following me and the store is right there. And I'm like, I'm not letting this guy interfere with my day. Um, and I'm going to disarm him with being, you know, just a friendly, mellow guy about this whole thing. And I felt it's actually, and thinking about it really, it kind of comes full circle to what we were talking about maybe two times ago when like, you know, when I first got mugged and wanted to do Jitsu and I was so always nervous of confrontations because this was definitely a potentially bad confrontation. And I felt no fear at all, like none. I felt very calm. And I just had a very delineated line. I'm like, this guy follows me, he parks next to me. If he gets off the motorcycle, there's gonna be violence. If he doesn't, there won't be. And that's it. And I'm like, I'm gonna be calm until, I'm gonna be nice until it's time to not be nice. I'm gonna Patrick Swayze it. But I'm like, if this guy gets off the motorcycle, I have a plan. I'm going to spear my head underneath his chin. I'm going to take him down and I'm going to hold him and he's never going to get up and I'm going to embarrass him and he's never going to get up. And if I feel he goes for weapon, I'm going to kill this guy in this parking lot right now. That's what's going to happen. That's my plan at least. But if he doesn't get off the bike, there's going to be no problem because then, then he's just scared or his pride's hurt or he's like you said, he doesn't think anything's going to happen. Because with me, it's not gonna happen unless you make it happen, now it's gonna happen. To me, it's always like, if you wanna lead the dance, that's fine, but you're not gonna like the way this dance ends, but I'm not gonna start it. Um, So I I don't know, but yeah, because I I think about that. I'm like, what if I had, what if it had been one of the friends that we have who are a little bit less uh, mellow than I am in these situations? And all of them are armed in these situations too. And this guy had still done that. Like, like what if he had done that? To, I told the story to Colby and Colby's like, oh yeah, I would have loved to teach that guy a lesson. And I'm like, and a lesson he would have learned. <laughs> but it's like weird to me, because it's like, why would you, I don't know. I always just wonder about these things. I think you're right. I think people always just think nothing's gonna happen. And in my mind, I always because think- in their, And I'll tell you, because in their whole life, nothing has happened. Yeah, they the have done that a
2: thousand no times been since no the time they've been born. And no one's ever called their bluff. Yeah. But it's the one thing that I try to tell to my son. I tell to my nieces. I'm like, hey, we're not, don't bluff. Yeah. Either you got got the ace up the sleeve or you don't. And that's it. But we're not going to bluff because you're going to walk, you're going to, you're going to find someone one day who's going to call your bluff. Yeah. You bet you better be in a position where you can back it up. And if you can't, then don't bluff. That's the thing. Just, I, I agree. Just avoid the situation altogether. And even if you can't like, I think that's the greatest thing. I'll tell you, when I was really, really competing in boxing, it's it's so it's so weird. But I know that a lot of people that either they're training MMA or they're fighting every day, they're training every day. You don't when you leave the gym, you don't want confrontation. Yeah. I don't. I mean, you were just so dead tired and yeah. so calm. Yeah, like from you know, you're just You're breathing heavy and all you want to do is you want to hydrate you want to eat good and you want to lay on your couch watch some tv go to sleep and get ready for the next day because it's going to be another hard day and if you walk into some guy in the convenience store wherever you see him and he talks crap you just kind of laugh it off because you're like dude you have no idea and i'm not even you know what you're right like and you just you know you just and that's the thing that i love the most about it because i think that um fighting uh in a controlled environment was an outlet to release all that negative energy Yeah. you know what i mean so when i left the gym i didn't have all that negative energy inside of me where i was before that i was constantly the one that was kind of looking for it almost you know <laughs> I what i mean that. it was yeah. like hey yeah. that guy's staring at me too long yeah you know yeah. and i don't know if that's just a young man attitude to have or whatever but for me it definitely was my reality for a long time yeah. and i just you know uh Boxing, jujitsu has kind of just taken that from me, right? Where I'm like, yeah. I just don't really care. And so I I, I would say that uh, that is definitely one of the benefits uh, in, in my life is that, um, yeah, when I, I, I have an outlet to release yeah. that negative energy, turn it into positive energy.
1: Well, and I think the good thing about you know training is that you do get to, and, and we this kind of goes back to what we said about quality over quantity, um, you know with good quality training and and the way i look at it you can almost say like all right i want to get some striking in i want to do some sort of stand-up grappling striking whatever takedown stuff and i want to do some positional stuff on the ground and if i get those three bases covered relatively consistently every month that's good for me i feel like i feel relatively prepared relatively uninjured and sharp um you sort of get that feedback all the time if you're just somebody who doesn't get that consistently Then it's more um, magnified in one way or the other. Like either you feel like terrified, like I did, or you feel way overconfident, like I feel. Like there's another meme of like average man overestimates his fighting ability by four (laughs) thousand percent, and it's I mean it's probably somewhat true. I mean like because you have these guys who like they they probably have never been in a fight, or if they have, they they haven't fought anybody who actually knows how to fight. And so they think like, oh, I can just go on and intimidate somebody, like that this guy. And I think what disarmed this dude with me is that I wasn't aggressive, but I wasn't scared of this man. Like, and I think that he thought, given that I was driving, you know, a suburban mom car like I, I'm I'm ought to do, um, that I was just gonna be like, Oh, sorry, man, sorry. And I was just like, dude, you didn't look. And I didn't want to hit you in a rental. And he's like, I oh, looked, like, and I'm like, all right. And I'm just like, you know, to me, it's like, because I'm like, okay, that, that's where you're coming from. You know, I'm seeing this dude who's driving a motorcycle recklessly wearing no helmet. I'm like, and then following people. I'm like, okay, clearly this guy does not make good life decisions. And sooner or later, like you said, he's gonna make the wrong decision with the wrong person. That's not gonna be me unless he, you know, is aggressive towards me and I feel in danger physically, then he made the wrong decision with the wrong guy today. Then it is me. But that's up to you. I'm like, I'm giving him the choice. Other people aren't going to give them the choice, or they're going to be like, You followed me. That's enough of it. You already made that choice.
2: Oh, there's some people that they're they're actually praying for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like literally they wake up and they're hoping that somebody gives them a reason. Yeah. And these are very dark people. And that's what I try to tell family and friends. Is like, man, those people are out there, just avoid them. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to there's not, you're not going to get a gold medal for showing how tough you are. Like, no. w- like all that jaw jacking and going back and forth, just either you're going to do something or you're not going to do something, yeah. but we're yeah. not going to do any, we're not going to talk. So the thing is just avoid it at all costs until, like you said, you can't avoid it any yeah. longer. Like you're backed up in a corner. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, a, that's the advice I give to myself. That's the advice I give to my, uh, my friends and my family. um but there are like i because i i I literally i mean i have very some some very close family and they'll get into it with every they'll go to the theater they'll get into it with someone there we'll go to the we'll go eat and they feel like they got disrespected and they get into it there and it's just like why yeah why are you doing that not only that but you have this false sense of security like there's people literally out there that are they they literally want to kill themselves, but they don't have the guts to kill themselves. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is that appropriate to say? I don't know. Oh, I think so. But let's, let's throw them so, under the bus. So yeah, let's just throw them under the bus too. <laughs> and so they're looking for someone to like. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this, if somebody That's comes up, a cop. You know? Yeah, like, a, yeah, a cop. You know? Yeah, they, yeah exactly. Cop. I'm gonna. And so they'll get in. They're they're looking for someone yeah. to not only. Where they can end their life, but they can end somebody else's life, too. And, and what I'm trying to say is that there is, and, and, and I know this from my past profession, there are people out there that are walking around with an immense amount of darkness inside them. Yeah. And they are looking for a person to give them a reason to release it. Yeah. And it has nothing to do about how skilled you are in jujitsu or boxing. Because these people, they might have a gun. They might have a knife. And they're going to take, you You know, you're probably maybe you will kill them, but they're going to take you with them. And at the end of the day, the question always comes down for me is at this point in my life, is it worth it? At yeah. any point in my yeah. life, was it worth yeah. it? And no, I'm so yeah. thankful that I made it this far. And I and I and I uh, now have the wisdom to realize it, that at no point in my life was that ever worth it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. It's, it's funny, too, man, because I think about, um, you know, just the different places that I was as a younger guy and. I don't necessarily regret anything or whatever you want to say, but it's like, man, like it would have been so easy to avoid even the potential things that happened from happening, um, simply by not working in a nightclub. <laughs> that that would be a big one. Not going out to to anywhere where alcohol is served. I mean, like, there's so many things that that seem so important as a young person, but it's like, dude, I I I went out. I can't tell you how many times to how many bars, clubs, whatever, in multiple places in the world, in multiple cities, from New York to Los Angeles to Austin to Rio de Janeiro to Buenos Aires. I couldn't tell you one memory I have that was worth it at all. Like, there's nothing that, like, oh, this was so – no, not really. So, to me, it's like, yeah, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze on those things. And it's just funny when I hear, like, whatever bad thing happened at so-and-so bar at this at that and it's like well okay but you didn't have to be there to begin with it's not blaming the person for whatever but it's like you're putting yourself in a situation where bad things happen and sometimes oh that's
2: just old old school wisdom right like when parents used to say don't go there nothing but trouble there you know what i mean? It's It's just, it's, it's it's strategic. It's like, I mean, the same thing, right? You would do in the military. It's like, I'm not going to go over there because we're probably going to get ambushed. And you know, this as a, you know, as a regular person, like, Hey, there's a lot of trouble that goes on on that particular nightclub, not going there. A lot of, a lot of uh, shady characters over there, or, you know,
1: nothing good happens at three in the morning. Yeah, Um, it's, it's true. Just stuff like that. Well, and to follow up about the guy, uh, Paul, the guy who picked the fight um, for years, that guy, used to spend all his time in bars and i was always telling him i'm like man you're wasting your time with these people these are a waste of time people these are not your friends whatever and half the time i know he'd been drinking a lot and driving home and he'd joke about everything right there alcohol and everything and 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 and, uh about coming up on six years ago he was at one of these bars doing whatever went home like somebody drove him home and he had to go see a buddy of his or whatever and drove his truck and Tried to make an exit and did it too fast and slammed in a tree and and was dead on the scene and yes. you know forty years old dead, um, and you could see it coming from years down the line, and it's like it's all because of, I mean booze is what killed him. Oh, I mean, and, it's and a like, lot of it's, the
2: uh, bad things that happen in life is is uh, from the old profession.
1: Yeah,
2: it was usually uh, people were drunk. Yeah, you know that's the thing is yeah. when you're when you're drunk you lose your sense
1: to be able to make these logical decisions. It's true. It's true. It's, it's, it's funny, man. Cause I, I quit drinking. Uh, it'll be 10 years ago at the end of end of this year. So December 31st of 2012. Um, and it wasn't like, I don't know. I wasn't anything like where anything bad happened, anything, whatever. It's just one of those things where I looked at it and I said, the only thing good that can happen is nothing bad happens. And I'm like, why would I want that in my life? Like, why would I want the stress of like, oh, can I drive? Oh, can I do this? Oh, can I, you know, do whatever needs to be done for something that I'm like, at best feel neutral about? And then I was like, I I just won't do anymore. And that was it. Um, And it was definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made, because it's just one of those things that I I just look at. uh, Yeah, I look at a lot of those incidents, and and they always had the same... uh, the same underlying thing which i mean out.
2: that's the thing right does you know talking about this um is does alcohol you know it's kind of like what you said right like when it comes to making decisions does it make me money or does it make me happy right yeah. and so that's the thing like does alcohol make you what what it part takes, of takes your life does alcohol this. make better that's the thing yeah. and it, and this thing that you know we've went ahead and we've tried to uh, normal, normalize it and be like well it's not really a drug no it's exactly what it is it's, it's a drug. you know you want to talk stuff about these guys over here cuz they're snorting coke yeah. but you got to understand i mean you you know what what's the difference between the two it's because we've legalized one and one's illegal is that is that basically it and we've been doing this one for so long that it's yeah. kind of normalized you know yeah. what i mean yeah. um, but at the end of the day I mean, how many lives has alcohol ruined? You know what I mean. People get divorced. Uh, people die in car accidents. Uh, most, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, just people getting into fights, stabbed, killed. Uh, people are drunk, you know, and they don't make these they don't make these great decisions. And I don't think that, um, you know, they, I mean, they write books and make movies about the 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 drunk guy that completely loses
1: his family because he's just not there you know what i mean that happened i mean it's it's happened in my immediate family that happened to my uncle that somewhat happened to my dad i mean like yeah i I watched it destroy literally destroy as an end lives of of people and i watched it essentially destroy lives of people where they lost everything they may not have died right away but they lost everything um and yeah so I, i think that uh It's it's like a hard lesson to teach people though, because it's like no one the movie always ends the same way and yet everyone's always like, Oh, it's gonna be different when I do it. And I'm like, it's not, but okay. Um so yeah. And we covered a lot of subjects here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: A lot (laughs) lot of good subjects. subjects, And hopefully
1: piss hopefully piss some people. I I just to me it's just like I, I think that um there's just a lot of bullshit on these different things and it just always bothers me and and the the fighting thing is always um there's a great video of ryan hall who fights in the ufc now from about it's about 10 years old this video now but he's like in some pizza place after jiu-jitsu tournament and this like drunk dude is like just getting in his face screaming at him saying like you know like saying what he's going to do to him and finally Ryan, ryan hall like literally just because he's already sitting down, this guy's standing up, just spears his head in the guy's chest, picks him up and slams him and mounts him. And then, like, then lets the guy up. Then the guy attacks him again, so he takes him outside and chokes him unconscious. And I remember an interview with him. And he's like, man, most people are incredibly bad at fighting. And he's like, because most people are incredibly bad at everything unless they spend a lot of time doing it. But for whatever reason, like fighting is something that, so many dudes think they're going to do way better at the moment for no reason. Like, they're just like, oh, I just go crazy. I do whatever. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what would that do? Oh, I just, I just, I just go local, man. And,
2: I just, and, I just the re- <laughs> and the reality is that's no different than me saying, hey, you know what? Today, I feel like I'm going to give surgery. Yeah, exactly. Well, have you, have you been a medical school, Mo? No, I've never been a medical school, no. man.
1: but. You know, when I, I got knives, man, when I get a scalpel, I just go precise. <laughs> I just got, I got, you know, you spin around your hand. I got skills. I mean, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. If if you said it about anything else, people would be like, you're out of your mind. Yet yeah, for some reason, with fighting, people everybody can't. can
2: fight. Everybody
1: can fight. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just go loco, brother. Loco. I don't know, okay. <laughs> I don't know what, I I what this is about, but it was a good talk. I don't care. No, it was. It, it, it was good. We. uh. Covered a lot of stuff, um,
2: talked about a lot of deep topics, and um, we will continue the conversation next Sunday. To check out uh, our past episodes or to re-listen to this episode, go to Apple iTunes, Like, Review, uh, Subscribe, or you can check us out on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Also, shout-out to Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel nobody can be you better than you be authentic robles check out yellow pine investments and also check out quantum leap web designs for all your web design needs as always i am mo that is my brother partner in crime carter fisk and we wish you guys nothing but the best both on and off the map thanks for listening
1: thank you guys
0: that's it for this episode of the jiu-jitsu of life your hosts are carter fisk and mo siddiqui This podcast is brought to you by Rolbliss, makers of the world's finest custom jujitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rolbliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at robliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat.